Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Saturday, <clears throat> October 27th, 2018, and welcome to episode number 128 of the WCWS Radio Network's weekly review show. This is WCWS Power Hour. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, I am Mr. WCWS Chad Henshaw back on the line here with you as, of course, we get set to, let you do, to, to go back and take a look at what was the week of the WCWS Radio Network. Of course, here, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> I'll be, we'll be once again. I'll be flying a little bit solo, as the remainder of the panel, way too tough to handle, uh, is um, I'm sure busy taking on other endeavors. Uh, but we'll be, well, of course, we'll be. Hopefully, we get the chance to hear from them tomorrow, um, and I'll explain why about that in just a few moments. <clears throat> but uh, before we, of course, go through the after I go through the proper introduction, ladies and gentlemen, I do have another another thing to talk about here but uh, of course as you know here folks what we'll be doing today is pretty much simple we'll be of course talking about today in wrestling history here for today in wrestling history plus also talk about several key moments that took place during all of our shows here in the wws radio network plus also folks <clears throat> we'll be giving you some wrestling news tidbits of course courtesy of our friends at 411mania.com <clears throat> and so we'll be we'll be We'll be, of course, having a full hour of uh, big time talk here today. But, of course, if you care to chime in on anything and everything that we talk about here this evening on Power Hour episode 128, please feel free to give us a call. 1-605-562-0444. Once again, 1-605-562-0444. Call ID 141-364-POUND. And press that one if you want to chime in on anything and everything that we talk about here this evening. First off, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before we get into, of course, the meat of the action here this evening, I, uh, I, of course, have been, of course, this has been a big, big topic going on in the news here um, <clears throat> today, and this is definitely, and, and of course, it's not a very pleasant thing that, that we like to, that we like to bring up here, but of course, we do, as always, 
pay our respects in in light of a lot of these tragedies that have taken place. Uh, earlier today, and I, of course, been reading through, of course, several news outlets, and also I even heard through, of course, uh, one of our own here, of course, the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo. This happened actually, as a matter of fact, he told me earlier today that he, this happened about 15 minutes of this where this took place was about 15 minutes away from his home. Of course, as you know, it happened up there in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Sad, sadly, a shooting took place at a synagogue. Apparently, there was a baby naming ceremony taking place. Here, and all of a sudden, there was shots fired at this at this synagogue. Sadly, uh, that last report. <clears throat> and see if we can try to bring. I'll see if I can try to find out something. Here, I did get. I have an update here earlier today. Let me see if I, I have any. If we have anything more, uh, this has been pretty much dominating the news pretty much all day long. Not the sort of thing you want to hear on a Saturday. On a on a Saturday. Uh, um, let me see. Uh, Uh, this was coming in from the Associated Press. Uh, really, like I said, it's been like I said, the dominating story of the day. And of course, let me bring this here to you. This is, of course, through my app that I have here from our local TV station here in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. But of course, let me go ahead and read this here to you. A gunman sadly attacks a Pittsburgh synagogue, and sadly, 11 people were killed. A gunman who is believed to have spewed anti Semitic slurs and rhetoric on social media barged into a baby naming ceremony at a Pittsburgh synagogue on Saturday and opened fire, killing 11 people in one of the deadliest attacks on Jews in United States history. The 20-minute attack at Tree of Life congregation in the Squirrel Hill neighborhood left at least six others wounded, including four police officers who dashed to the scene, authorities said. The suspect, going by the name of Robert Bowers, traded gunfire with police and was shot several times. Bowers, who was in fair condition in a hospital, is expected to face federal hate crime charges. Please know that justice in this case will be swift and will be severe. Scott Brady, the chief federal prosecutor in Western Pennsylvania, said at a late afternoon news conference, characterizing the slaughter as a terrible and unspeakable act of hate. The shooting also immediately reunited the long-standing national debate about guns. President Donald Trump said the outcome might have been different if the synagogue had some kind of protection of an armed guard, while Pennsylvania's Democratic Governor Tom Wolf noted that once again, dangerous weapons are put in our citizens in harm's way. Bob Jones, head of the FBI's Pittsburgh office, said that worshippers were brutally murdered by a gunman targeting them simply because of their faith, though he cautioned the shooter's full motive was not yet known. The social media site Gab.com said the alleged shooter had a profile on this website, which is popular with far-right extremists. The company said the account was verified after the shooting and matched the name of the gunman. A man with the same name posted on Gab before the shooting that HIAS likes to bring invaders in that bring invaders in that kill our people. I can't sit by and watch our, my people get slaughtered. Screw your optics. I'm going in. HIAS is a nonprofit group that helps refugees around the world find safety and freedom. The organization says it is guided by Jewish values and history. The attack took place during a baby naming ceremony, according to Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro. During a Jewish baby naming ceremony, the baby is given his or her Hebrew name. 
The name could be a name that sounds like the baby's secular name or has significance in his or her family's history. Officials later said that no children were hurt. That was a blessing, ladies and gentlemen, yes. It is a very horrific crime scene. It is one of the worst that, that I've seen, and I've been on some plane crashes. So the visibly moved Wendell Hishrish, the Pittsburgh Public Safety Director. The synagogue is located in the tree-lined neighborhood, residential neighborhood of Squirrel Hill, about 10 minutes from downtown Pittsburgh and the hub of Pittsburgh's Jewish community. Jonathan Greenblatt, Chief Executive Officer of the Anti-Defamation League, said the group believes that it is the deadliest attack on the Jewish community in United States history. Our hearts break for the families of those killed and injured at the Tree of Life Synagogue and for the entire Jewish community of Pittsburgh, Greenblatt has said. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said he was heartbroken and appalled by the attack. He says the entire people of Israel grieve with the families of the dead. We stand together with the Jewish community of Pittsburgh. We stand together with the American people in the face of this horrendous anti-Semitic brutality. And we all pray for the speedy recovery of the wounded. And this was said on his personal Twitter account, uh, 1.18 p.m. today, where he said, I was heartbroken and appalled by the murderous attack on a Pittsburgh synagogue today. World Jewish Congress President Ronald S. Lauder said the shooting called the shooting an attack not just on the Jewish community, but on America as a whole. Trump called the shooting a wicked act of mass murder that is that is pure evil, hard to believe, and frankly something that is unimaginable. Trump has at times been accused by critics of failing to adequately condemn hate, such as when he blamed both sides for the violence at a Charlottesville, Virginia white supremacist rally. On Saturday, he said that anti-Semitism must be confronted anywhere and everywhere it appears. And this appeared on Donald Trump's Twitter page at 3.43 p.m. today. He says, as you know, earlier today, there was a horrific shooting, target, shooting, targeting, and killing Jewish Americans at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The shooter is in custody as the federal authorities have been dispatched to support state and local police. Attorney General Jeff Sessions said in a statement that the Justice Department intends to file hate crime and other charges, including charges that could lead to the death penalty against Bowers. The synagogue is a fortress-like concrete building. Its facade punctuated by rows of swirling modernistic stained glass windows, illustrating the story of creation, the acceptance of God's law, the life cycle, and how human beings should care for the earth and one another. According to its website, among its treasures is a Holocaust Torah rescued from Czechoslovakia. Its sanctuary can hold up to 1,250 people. Michael Eisenberg, the immediate past president of the Treaty of Life Synagogue, lives about a block from the building. He was getting ready for services when he received a phone call from a member who worked with Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's emergency services, saying he had been notified through scanner and other communications that there was an active shooter at their synagogue. I ran out of the house without changing, and I saw the street blocked with police cars. It was a surreal scene, and someone yelled, get out of here. I realized there was a police officer along the side of the house. I'm sure I know all of the people, all of the fatalities. I am just waiting to see, Eisenberg said. He said officials in the synagogue had not gotten any threats that he knew of prior to the shooting. The synagogue maintenance employees had recently checked all the emergency exits and doors to make sure they were cleared and working. I spoke to a maintenance person who was in the building and heard the shots. He was able to escape through one of the side exit doors. He, we, he had made sure it was functioning, Eisenberg said. Eisenberg said that the larger main synagogue, Tree of Life, <clears throat> had let two other smaller congregations use space at the synagogue on Saturdays, and that all three were meeting at the time. 
Jeff Finkelstein of the Jewish Federation of Greater Pittsburgh said local synagogues have done lots of training on things like active shooters, and we've looked at hardened facilities as much as possible. This should not be happening, period, he told reporters at the scene. This should not be happening in a synagogue. Just three days before the shooting, Rabbi Jeffrey Myers posted a column on the congregation's website noting that people make time to attend funerals, but not for life's happy occasions. There is a story told in the Talmud of a wedding procession and a funeral procession heading along parallel roads, with the roads intersecting, Myers wrote on Wednesday. The question, question asked is, when they meet at the fork, which procession goes first, funeral or wedding? The correct answer is wedding, as the joy of the couple takes precedence. In fact, the funeral procession is to move out of sight so their joy is not lessened. Myers ended his column with words that now seem all too present. We value joy so much in Judaism that upon taking our leave from a funeral or a Sheba house, the customary statement one makes in Yiddish is nor oif simich, only for Shemot, Myers wrote. While death is inevitable and a part of life, we still take our leave the best possible blessing to meet at joyous events. So I say to, so I say to you, nor oif simich. So, ladies and gentlemen, there is there is this, there is a story right there. Eleven killed, six injured at the synagogue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And our thoughts and prayers are here in the WWS Radio Network <clears throat> goes out to, of course, those folks as well. Um, of course, of all faiths and religions, of course, we are saying our prayers to to the folks affected by this as well. So, we will definitely be be thinking about them, of course. Uh, Thinking about them, of course, tonight, and and throughout, of course, of course, throughout the, the and and throughout throughout time, of course, is a very sad situation. And why some would take action on something like this, especially on something going on, you know, was said. It's, it's just unbelievable. It's just hard to fathom. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is to still continue to say a prayer for all those affected, of course, those killed at this shooting today and those who were injured there. But absolutely. So, our thoughts and prayers are with them here tonight, here in the WWS Radio Network. Let's go ahead and switch gears now, ladies and gentlemen, and get right on in here to our wrestling history and birthdays here for today, October the 27th. 31 years ago today, which would put it at 87, at a WWF Superstars taping in Syracuse, New York. Strike Force, which consisted of Rick Martel and Tito Santana, defeated the Hart Foundation, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart, win the WWF Tag Team titles. They also, let's see, 28 years ago today, put it at 1990. <clears throat> NWA presented Halloween Havoc, Terror Rules the Ring, from the UIC Pavilion in Chicago, Illinois. About 8,000 were in attendance, with 160,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. This was the last Halloween Havoc presented under the NWA banner. Two pre-show dark matches for this show. First one, Tim Horner defeated Barry Horowitz, and the second one, Rip Rogers defeated Reno Riggins. And here are the matches for the actual pay-per-view itself. Tommy Rich and Ricky Morton defeated the Midnight Express, Bobby Eaton, and Stan Lane. Terry Taylor defeated Bill Irwin. 
Brad Armstrong defeated J.W. Storm. The Master Blasters, Blade and Steel, defeated the Southern Boys, Tracy Smothers and Steve Armstrong. The Freebirds, Jimmy Garvin and Michael Hayes, defeated the Renegade Warriors, Chris and Mark Youngblood. The Steiner Brothers, of course, Rick and Scott, defeated the Nasty Boys, Brian Knobs and Jerry Sags, to retain the NWA United States Tag Team titles. The Junkyard Dog defeated Mood Dog Rex. NWA World Tag Team Champions Doom, Ron Simmons, and Butch Reed fought Ric Flair and Arn Anderson to a double countout. Dan Hansen defeated Lex Luger to win the NWA United States title. And Sting defeated Sid Vicious to retain the NWA World Heavyweight title. Sid originally was declared the victor, but it was revealed that Sting, Sid pinned a fake Sting when the real thing emerged from the back. The match was restarted with Sting going on to win. Okay. 27, year, 27 years ago today, <clears throat> which would put it at, I do believe, yes, uh, yes, 1991, WCW presented Halloween Havoc from the UTC Arena in Chattanooga, Tennessee. About 8,900 people were in attendance with 120,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. This was down from 160,000 homes the year before. The hook of the show was the infamous Chamber of Horrors match which turned out to be one of the worst matches in WCW history. It was also the show's opening match. Two matches on the show, the other being Oz versus Bill Kazmaier, finishing the top five for Wrestling Observer Newsletter's worst match of 1991. Here are the matches that took place at this event. El Gante, Sting, and the Steiner Brothers defeated Abdullah the Butcher, the Diamond Stud, Cactus Jack, and Big Van Vader in a Chamber of Horrors match. The match could only be won when someone pulled the final lever after someone was hooked into the electric chair. Big Josh and PN News defeated the Creatures, Joey Mags and Johnny Rich. Bobby Eaton defeated Terrence Taylor. Johnny B. Bad defeated Jimmy Garvin. WCW World TV champion Steve Austin fought Dustin Rhodes to a 15-minute time limit draw. Bill Kazmaier defeated Oz. Of course, Oz would go on, of course, later on to be noticed was, of course, Kevin Nash. Van Hammer defeated Doug Summers. Brian Pillman defeated Richard Morton to become the first WCW light heavyweight champion. The WCW Halloween Phantom defeated Tom Zink. Post-match, the Phantom revealed himself to be the returning ravishing Rick Rude. The enforcers, Arn Anderson and Larry Zabisco, defeated the WCW Patriots, Todd Champion and Firebreaker Chip, to retain the WCW World Tag Team titles. And Lex Luger defeated Ron Simmons 2 to 1 in the best of three falls match to retain the WCW World Heavyweight title. 26, 26 years ago today, put it at 1992, WWF taped the 31st episode of Saturday Night's Main Event from the Holman Center in Terre Haute, Indiana. The episode, airing, not airing until November the 14th, was dubbed a title triple header with all three championships in the WWF at stake. With interest in the company declining, in part due to, due to the steroid allegations surrounding the WWF at the time, Saturday's night, Saturday night's main event was abandoned, save for a one-off special at WrestleMania 11 in September 1995. WWF would not return to network television until the SmackDown pilot in April of 1999. Saturday night's main event returned in 2006, long after the series had outlived its usefulness, as matches once again Matches once usually reserved for the show had become commonplace. Here are the matches that took place 
at, at the, this edition of Saturday Night's Main Event. The Ultimate Maniacs, which consisted, of course, the Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage, defeated Money Inc., Ted DiBiase, and IRS by countout in the WWF Tag Team title match. Of note, this would be Warrior's last major TV appearance at the WWF until WrestleMania 12. Warrior would be fired November 21st, a week after the show airs, and just four days before Survivor Series, after he no-showed events in response to his being suspended for having HGH, or of course the human growth hormone. Shawn Michaels defeated the British Bulldog to win the Intercontinental title, and Bret Hart defeated Papa Shango by submission to retain the WWF title. 25 years ago today, which would put it at 1993, yes, in Blackburn, England, Martin Lund and Sid Udy, also known as Art Anderson and Sid Vicious, got into a heated hotel room scuffle. According to various accounts, the scuffle carried out carried on from an argument at the hotel bar about Sid's place as a member of the Four Horsemen. While Arn was told that he never drew money in the, in the wrestling business, a scuffle b- broke out, but cooler heads prevailed, and both men retreated to their hotel rooms. The argument from earlier picked up soon, a- picked up soon after. Allegedly, Sid burst into Arn's room with a hotel chair. What Sid had in his hand exactly depends on who's telling the story. Arn tried to defend himself with a pair of safety scissors. The fight spilled out into the hotel room hallway and said eventually gets a hold of the scissors. The two men would stab each other a combined 24 times, with Anderson getting 20 of the 24 stab wounds, losing a pint and a half of blood. Two cold Scorpio broke up the fight and was credited with saving Anderson's life. Vader may have saved Sid's life. One of his four stab wounds was in his stomach, and Vader plugged the hole with his finger until help arrived. Both men were rushed to a hospital after an overnight stay. Both Udy and Anderson were deported back to the United States. No charges were filed in the incident. However, neither man got off scot-free. After hearing of the incident, several wrestlers threatened a mutiny if Sid, seen as the instigator, was not reprimanded. Then WCW Executive Vice President Eric Bischoff had little alternative but to drop the hammer. Sid, who was booked to become the WCW World Heavyweight Champion at Starcade that December, was fired. Anderson was suspended for his part in the incident. For what it's worth, the two men have since made peace over the incident, as Sid later apologized to Arn for what went down that night. Of course, if you have a few minutes to kill, check out the transcribed accounts of three men that were there that night, courtesy of Pro Wrestling Stories. There's a link on this page here that I'm reading the history on today, if you'd like to go back and take a look at it. Uh, 22 years ago today, which we put it at... 1996, WCW presented Halloween Havoc from the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. About 10,000 were in attendance with 250,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. That's more than double of 1995's edition with 120,000 homes. The show ended with the WCW debut of Rowdy Roddy Piper. In two pre-show dark matches, the first one, Jim Powers defeated Pat Tanaka. And in another one, Psychosis and Juventud Guerrera defeated the team of Damian and Halloween. And here are the actual matches that took place at the event. Dean Malenko defeated Ray Jr. to win the WCW Cruiserweight title. DDP defeated Eddie Guerrero. The Giant defeated Jeff Jarrett by DQ. Six, of course, you know him as the 123 Kid. And X Pac defeated Chris Jericho. Lex Luger defeated Arn Anderson. Steve McMichael and Chris Benoit defeated the Faces of Fear, Ming and the Barbarian. The Outsiders, Hall and Nash, defeated Harlem Heat. Of course, Booker T and Stevie Ray to win the WCW World Tag Team titles. 
And a side note, the Outsiders would have a death grip on the tag titles, holding them five times for a total of 460 of the next 567 days through Sam Slamboree in 1998. And Hollywood Hogan defeated Randy Savage to retain the WCW World Heavyweight title. 16 years ago today, we put it at, let me see here, yes, 2002 in Tokyo, Japan. The Great Muda defeated Tenru to win the AJPW Triple Crown title. 15 years ago today, we put it at 2003 on Raw from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Chris Jericho defeated RVD to win the Intercontinental title only to lose the title moments later in a steel cage match back to Van Dam when co-general manager Stone Cold Steve Austin ordered an immediate rematch. Ten years ago today, 2008, Ring of Honor fires their longtime booker and co-founder J- Gabe Sapolsky. ROH owner Kerry Car- Silken defended his decision to fire the man that had won Wrestling Observer Newsletter's Best Booker Award four years running in a Newsday interview two months later. Kerry Silken said, said this, a lot, a lot of it boiled down to simple business, and as a company, there need to be some changes. It was the right time to make a change. It's pretty much as simple as that. He did a tremendous amount of good things in his time, but it had sort of run its course, and the change was important. Sapolsky was replaced by multi-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion Adam Pierce. Pierce himself would be replaced less than two years later by Hunter Delirious Johnson. Sapolsky went on to launch Dragon Gate USA and co-found Evolve Wrestling. Ten years ago today, which would put it at, once again, 2008, on Raw from Tucson, Arizona, CM Punk and Kofi Kingston defeated Legacy, of course, Tony, T- Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase Jr., to win the World Tag Team titles. Uh, nine, nine years ago today, put it at 2009, at a press conference in Madison Square Garden to promote his new book, Hulk Hogan announces that he has signed with TNA. Eric Bischoff was also at the press conference, and although nothing formally was announced about Bischoff, he too would also sign with the company. Six years ago today, put it at 2012 in Melbourne, Australia, Colt Cabana defeated Adam Pearce in a steel cage match to win their seven levels of hate series, four to three, and the NWA World Heavyweight title. At least that was the plan. NWA officials did not approve of their match being for the title, Post-match, both Cabana and Pierce cut scathing promos on the organization. Both men refused the title in the aftermath, and Pierce left the NWA entirely for all of three months. Pierce continued to appear regularly for NWA until retiring from in-ring competition in 2014. Pierce, who is now a trainer at the WWE Performance Center, was inducted into the NWA Hall of Fame in 2015. As for Colt, he's still on the independent circuit. When he's not wrestling, he's talking wrestling on his Art of Wrestling podcast. Uh, as of 2016, he was in a lawsuit against WWE as a co-defendant over his November 2014 podcast with CM Punk. Uh, let's see here. Five years ago today, 2013, WWE, WWE presented Hell in a Cell from the American Airlines Arena in Miami, Florida. About 9,000 were in attendance with 228,000 homes watching on pay-per-view, up from 199,000 in 2012. In a pre-show match, Damian Sandow defeated Kofi Kingston. Here are the matches for the actual event. Cody Rhodes and Goldust defeated Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and also the Usos in a triple threat, threat tag team match to retain the WWE tag team titles. Fandango and Summer Rae defeated the great Kali and Natalia. 
Big E Langston defeated Dean Ambrose by countout in a WWE U.S. title match. CM Punk defeated Ryback and Paul Heyman in a handicap Hell in the Cell match. Los Matadores, Diego and Fernando, who of course would also be known as the Colognes, defeated the Real Americans, Cesaro and Jack Swagger. John Cena defeated Alberto Del Rio to win the World Heavyweight title. Cena would be the last man to win the World Heavyweight title as it would be unified with the WWE title two months later. AJ Lee defeated Brie Bella to retain the Divas title. And Randy Orton defeated Daniel Bryan in a Hell in a Cell match to win the vacant WWE title. Shawn Michaels was the special referee. Three years ago today, put it at 2015, WWE 2K16 launched in North America. The fourth game under the WWE 2K banner is a marked improvement from the previous edition, featuring a reworked pin submission system, limited reversals to prevent reversal, reversal spamming, a revamped creator suite, and the largest roster in the game's history with 120 playable characters, though who they didn't include created, created quite a bit of controversy, controversy, which was Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Bailey, and Charlotte, the four horsemen. The game showcase mode featured Stone Cold Steve Austin, covering the WWE Hall of Famer's career in WCW, ECW, and WWE. Reviews were largely positive, but sales for the game were down compared to the 2K15 edition. 2.82 million copies worldwide for 2K16 against 3.23 million copies for 2K15. Today is a happy <clears throat> 50, see, yes, a happy 53rd birthday today to Bruno Lahr, but wrestling fans may remember him best as Harvey Wilkman. Born in Pennsylvania, he broke into the wrestling business at age 14 by breaking down the ring after wrestling shows <clears throat> at, a, at a circus in exchange for free admission. He would be mentored by Jonathan Boyd of the Royal Kangaroos and trained by Gito Mongol, who gave him the ring name Dr. Leonard Spazniski. He would eventually land in Memphis as downtown Bruno and would become one of the top managers in the territory. He would be mentored by the likes of Jerry Lawler and Sid Udy, who, of course, he would manage a few years later, who at the time competed as the masked Lord Humongous. He would be the Continental Wrestling Federation's last Southeastern United States Junior Heavyweight Champion, winning it in September 1989, just two months before the promotion shut down. 1991, with Udy put in a good word for him, Lawler landed in the WWF as Dr. Harvey Wilkman a Pee Wee Herman-like character with pinstripe suits, red bow tie, and a flat cap. He briefly managed Big Bully Busick and the Warlord before taking on his friend Sid Justice shortly after his heel turn. Following Sid, Sid's matches, Whippleman would get a stethoscope and listen to the hearts of the men that Justice defeated. When Sid left the company, Whippleman would manage Kamala for most of the remainder of, of the year, though he was defeated in a coffin match at the 1992 Survivor Series. Kamala left Whippleman, but Harvey kept his grudge against The Undertaker and would manage the eight-foot giant Gonzalez in 1993. He also managed Mr. Hughes for his short time in the WWF. Harvey also managed Adam Bomb in late 1993 and early 1994 during his heel run. In July 1994, Laura was the passenger in the car crash that killed referee Joey Morella. Laura was wearing his seatbelt while Morella was not. Though he suffered severe injuries, Lawler survived. Harvey's most successful managerial run came in 1995 when he managed on-screen girlfriend Bertha Faye to the WWF Women's title over Alundra Blaze. 
from the women's division was abandoned late in the year. Whipperman disappeared from television, and Bertha was subsequently released. Of course, also, if you remember, several years later, also, she did pass away as well. Her real name is Rhonda Singh, by the way. Harvey in 1996 became a referee when Wilberman complained to Gorilla Monsoon about the lack of consistency amongst officials. In March 1997, he learned the hard way about the hazards of the job when China Gorilla pressed him onto a group of referees. His final appearance during his period came in November 97 when he appeared with DX as Handsome Harry in response to ravishing Rick Rude leaving WWF with WCW. The previous week, Rude appeared on both a pre-taped edition of Raw and a live Monday Nitro. He was served as a scab referee on a couple of occasions in 1999. Occasionally, ironically, both times involved Jeff Jarrett matches for the IC title. On January 31st, 2000, Wibberman, disguised as a woman, defeated the Cat in a Lumberjill Snow Bunny match to win the WWF Women's title. He would be the first and only male to hold the title. He would be also be the company's shortest reigning women's champion ever, losing it just a day later to Jacqueline. Whippleman appeared in backstage and non-match segments throughout through 2001, where he transitioned to road agent duty and today served as WWE's unofficial concierge. He would come out for, for managing twice more as part of the gimmick battle royal at WrestleMania 17 with Kamala and Kim Chi, and man, man, managing the Brooklyn Brawler to a squash loss to ex- in a squash loss to Ezekiel Jackson in 2010. Law wrote, wrote an autobiography released in 2008 called Wrestling with the Truth. And there you have it there, folks. So happy 53rd birthday today to, of course, the man we know as Harvey Rubelman. So happy birthday there, indeed, to Harvey. 1605-562-0444, call ID 141364-POUND. This is episode 128 of WWS Power Hour. This is Saturday, October 27, 2018. Mr. WWS, Chad Hinshaw on the line here with you. As of course we, <clears throat> as of course, like I said, we could we continue to press forward here. Of course, like I said before, the members of our panel went to cut the handle here. I'm sure are getting so, themselves very much prepared here for, of course, tomorrow night's Evolution pay-per-view. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Speaking of which, let's go ahead and let you let, let you know two things here. First off, that there will not be an episode of Wrestling Championship Challenge uh, later tonight. Uh, we were not able to get anything finalized. Uh, we did not have a match officially set up. Uh, so, unfor- so unfortunately, folks, we will not have an episode of Wrestling Championship Challenge here this evening. Nor will we have one tomorrow because <clears throat> because tomorrow at five o'clock we'll have our special edition of WWS Revolution, which will be our prediction show for tomorrow's WWE, WWE Evolution pay-per-view. Of course, uh, hopefully we'll have King and WO, Gerard T. Smith, and the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds on to give their thoughts and opinions about what the, what the uh, about uh, who will win each of the eight matches that, are, of course, are scheduled to take place. Of course, I'll be talking about my, making my predictions here as well. And, of course, we'll go over predi- predictions that have already been made from, of course, the Iceman, Jared DiGeralmo, the Human Surplus Machine, John Gross, the Empress, Anne-Marie Rickenbach, and the Heartbreak Kid, Fonzie. So we'll be talking about all that as well. Plus, also give you a little bit more, uh, give you a little bit more, of course, and not a whole lot more to talk about about the prediction title challenge, but we will, of course, bring that up here tomorrow evening as well. So be sure to join us at 5 o'clock <clears throat> for, of course, our edition of, special edition of Revolution 
which excuse me, which will be our prediction show for the evolution pay-per-view tomorrow. Of course, call ID 138055 pound for that. And our live video feed, ladies and gentlemen, will be from WCWS Network News. So be sure to join us for that there as well. Coming up tomorrow evening at 5 o'clock right here in the WCWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com. Anyway, but speaking of which, let's go ahead and bring the, bring this up here, of course, talking about a few things that did take place during, of course, our our uh, week here that was here in the WWS Radio Network. Uh, of course, predictions were made for the main event and the uh, and the main and the ratings for for of course the uh, for this past Monday night's edition of Monday Night Raw on Raw Radio. Of course. Uh, <clears throat> We also, of course, um, we also, of course, JD on Wrestling Revisited, which he actually held, I do believe it was Thursday night. He did actually talk about Halloween Havoc by, from, I do believe, 1995. So it was a good discussion about that. Uh, of course, we did bring up a lot of stuff, pop culture news on Outside the Ropes. Um, of course, unfortunately, we did not get an opportunity to finish that episode because due to a computer due to uh, our main computer here at WWUS H2 freezing up on, on us. Um, unfortunately, we did not uh, get a chance to finish that, but of course I did have a little bit of a closer. Um, I did have a little bit of a, uh, did have a little bit of a, uh, of a closer there indeed for, for outside the ropes there. <clears throat> so, um, but we were able, no, actually, we were able to finish the show. Of course, we were hoping to do some uh, movie trivia challenge, but unfortunately, we were not able to do so because of that computer glitch. Um, but uh, but nonetheless, we did have a great show, of course, on uh, on on uh, on Wednesday night there as well. Of course, Tuesday Tuesday and Wednesday, you got to hear everyone, of course, talk about uh, their thoughts and opinions, especially. On Tuesday night, ladies and gentlemen, of course, when both MLD and JD did do did do, of course, their infamous combination of their widow's whip and icebreaker promos, talking about this past Monday night's edition of Raw, which of course I'm sure they both they, they kind of agreed on, on a few things here and there, but there were some things that of course they did not, of course, as always agree on as well. Of course, it's all good camaraderie here, folks, between Michelle and JD. Um, of course, there, of course, a lot of big stories going on here in the wrestling world. Of course, with Evolution coming up on the horizon. Of course, the biggest one really shocked us all on Monday when Roman Reigns announced that he had to relinquish the Universal Championship because of he revealed of his long battle, eleven-year battle with leukemia. So there was a lot of talk, a lot of discussions about that, uh, um, back and forth here and there. Uh, of course, a lot of good wrestling history and birthdays here from this past week. Some, Big time wrestling news there, indeed, including, of course, one that really kind of dominated the the whole shebang. Also, the whole shebang was the fact that that WWE officially decided to go ahead and let Crown Jewel take place in Saudi Arabia next Friday, November the second. A lot of folks, uh, a lot of folks, still not really agreeing with that decision. Um, not, they feel that WWE is kind of risking the health and safety of their own people uh, by, of course, continuing to have the show. And of course, also of course, trying to stay fit, to try to, uh, to of course, uh, keep keep a positive attitude as far as aiming that towards the folks, the people in Saudi Arabia. Uh, but other than that, 
we'd had, uh, of course, uh, um, we did have a did make our predictions for evolution. JD and John did did get their JD, John, and Ann actually did get theirs in on Thursday night's edition of Wolfpack. Ann was still undecided about the NXT UK women's title match um, because she did not she did not know. I mean, she did not she did not know what the uh, um, know anything, of course, about that, but. Um, I don't know if she will, if there will be a decision made on that or not, but we'll try to, we'll try to get back with her um, on that here, hopefully, because that right there could make a difference in the prediction title challenge as well. And I will explain that momentarily. Uh, but all in all, uh, it was a great week, though, of course, in the radio network. A lot of big time talking here, there, back and forth, indeed. Uh, but had by all here, of course, myself, uh, the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds. The Iceman, Jerry Geralmo, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, uh, the Empress, Anne Marie Rickenbach, the Heartbreak Kid, Fonzie, and of course, a few other folks, uh, of course, coming in on our live video feeds this past week, which included, I do believe, uh, make sure that I have my, have, have my, uh, let me see here. Uh, let's see. Oh, yes. <clears throat> let's see. We did have it, of course, this week from, um, yes, uh, WWS Nitro Thunder, uh, Lucha US Ultimate Underground, uh, GFW Global Phenom, and FMWS Honor Thy Frontier. Also, of course, and of course, of course, as I mentioned before, WWS Network News will be out, will be for our prediction show this um, tomorrow night at tomorrow evening at five o'clock. So, all in all, there was some great shows here, big time discussions here indeed. A lot of people were surprised, a lot of people were shocked, and of course, I'm sure it's going to be that way, of course, going in towards next week, especially after what takes place tomorrow night at Evolution. It's going to be a real the landscape, is going to probably change big time. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens, of course. I mean, as far as, as far as, of course, the women, of course, the, um, the, the female competitors go. Uh, they are, um, they are, of course, like I said, this was, a, this was a great move that, of course, that was made here to give the female competitors a chance to shine. And this will be a very unique experience. And hopefully it does turn out, it does turn out very well indeed. So we look forward to all that, of course, tomorrow. And speaking of which, ladies and gentlemen, I've got to go ahead, got to go ahead and bring this up here to you as well. Um, as you know, of course, our prediction title challenge is talking about that here real fast before we get into the of course our uh, um <clears throat> talk about the news tidbits courses um, right now in the challenge uh <clears throat> as you know uh, JD and I do believe MLV signed on, has officially signed on here to take part in this in this prediction title challenge. And, and ladies and gentlemen, keep this in mind the, that the winner of the prediction title challenge will win the WWS Intergender Championship, while the second third place in the prediction they're also
States. So it will it a big of course as you the jump we first these opportunity to go after this belt and ladies and gentlemen she did and she did pick up that she did pick up the championship belt right now is the current njpw Will be, will be, uh, uh, experience there indeed. Of course, like I said, the WWUS intergender champion, the most predictions, second and third place pred uh, pred prediction holders will. Thank you. 
watch you As men do, impact having some different, different, different that dominating world dealership. Yes and no. So when I was a bad guy, when I first started out, it was easy to be a bad guy because I felt like no one liked me because I was a legacy wrestler. And it is easier to have people not like you than like you. Now that I've come full circle, it to be more vulnerable feels natural because in my real life, I am more of a vulnerable person because I always say this. always. I really take it to heart is when I am still getting booed and I'm like, I'm smiling. I'm telling my story. My best friend betrayed me. And as a competitor, I don't know what she would have wanted me to do, do to say,
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.